Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in for another episode of Faith on the Journey, where we share various stories of faith of people just like you and me who've overcome different obstacles in life and have learned valuable lessons along the way. And when we share these stories, we do it because we want to encourage you by their testimony, and we want to help to build your faith on your journey. So today, I wanted to talk about a subject of identity and worth. Now, this can be a very difficult topic because so many of us have learned to place our value, our identity, and worth in things versus our value in who created us. Just think about it. We live in a world that tries to tell us all the time who we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to look like, what we're supposed to achieve, and it's easy to find ourselves chasing after this man-made dream of this ideal reality that is unattainable when we serve a God who's trying to tell us, look, my son, my daughter, you don't have to do all that. Your value is not based on what you've accomplished, who you know, what you have, It's based on who you are, which is my child. You are a child of God. Now grasping this understanding that our identity is rooted in something that goes beyond what's on the exterior is countercultural, but it's the absolute truth. We don't like to think about this, but as children of God, we do understand that nothing in life is promise. Whether it's the people who we are in relationship with or things we have, it can literally be here one day and gone tomorrow. So here's the thing, if we base our identity on our relationship to someone else, for example, I'm a wife or a man might be a father. Yes, that's an important role that you have, but that's not your identity or your involvement in career. You might be a successful executive at a company, a CEO. Okay, that's what you do, but that's not your identity. Or you might be an owner of a restaurant chain. You might be rich and famous. Okay, that's what you have. But that's not your identity, because if for some unexpected reason, something drastic changed in your life, whether it's your marriage ended in divorce or your child moved away and left the home and you're no longer parenting 24-7, or if you lose your job or your wealth is stripped away, what if everything that you treasured so much and was so proud of was all of a sudden snatched? Would that make you any less valuable? Would your identity have changed? Well, the clear answer to that question is no. But that's the way we've been trained to think. We often think and feel like our identity is lost when we lose something that we've held on so tightly to. We have to learn that even if we lose everything that we possessed, our value and our identity will never change because we will always be children of the Most High God. And that's who our value and worth comes from, people. Again, that's countercultural to the narrative that we've been told. I think about when I was growing up as a child, I would sit in front of a TV and watch the old Disney classics. You know, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin. I watched them all. And the messages were all the same. Little girls, you grew up, you meet your Prince Charming who saves you and sweeps you off your feet and you'll go off and be happily ever after. And as a result, I went through life thinking, I need a Prince Charming to sweep me off my feet. And if I didn't have one, something was wrong with me. In other words, I was basing my worth on my ability to be in relationship with another human being. Do you see a problem here? I was operating in the danger zone, I like to call it. Because when you operate in this space, you are willing to settle for 
anything just to try to fill this void you have inside. When in all reality, the only being that can fill the void and make you whole is God. I'm placing a big fat period at the end of that sentence. Because the old saying in romantic movies that when couples are madly in love, oh, you complete me. That's a bunch of mumble jumbo people. No one completes you or makes you whole but God. I hope you're tracking with me here. If you don't hear anything else from this podcast, please understand that when you try to fill these deep voids in your life from something that has broken you in your past with other things that this world tries to offer you, it's not going to work. Only God can heal you. And only God can define us because he determines our value because he's the one who created us. Now, this is a topic that I can go on and on for days about, but we just don't have time for all that. So I'm going to stop right here. And we're going to take a short commercial break for our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll have a conversation with our special guests about knowing your worth in a world that tells you you're not enough. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. And as you know, today we are discussing an important topic that is about our worth and understanding your identity. And there's no other person I would want to have this conversation with than my friend, my sister, Clarissa Christensen, author of a new book entitled Worthy. I love that title. <laughs> As she is a licensed professional counselor, has her own practice, and she is committed to helping people to understand their worth and just grow in their journey with God. And so, Clarissa, we welcome you to the show today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. And you have this new book. Tell me about it. What, what inspired you to write this book? And, and tell us a little bit, I guess, about your journey up until writing this book. Yeah, sure. So like you said, the title is called Worthy. And I think the, that in and of itself is, is a, uh, a title that a lot of people can connect to. So every, I feel like everyone struggles with their self-worth at some point in time. But then the subtitle is what really punches people in the gut, I have noticed. Um, that subtitle, learning to date in a world that tells you you're not enough, gets people like, mm, okay, all right, I heard you. Yep, I felt that. Like so many people connect to that. And so, um, and I know me personally, I have very much experienced that, that feeling of inadequacy in dating. And feeling like if, if ever anyone broke up with me or didn't reciprocate feelings, that it must mean that I'm flawed, that something is wrong with me. And so living, you know, I lived almost my entire, you know, 20s, uh, teens and 20s, believing that I was, something was wrong with me if I did not have a significant other, because everyone around me did. And I wasn't paying attention. Keep in mind, I wasn't paying attention to the fact that there were not healthy, functional relationships around me. A lot of the people were getting, that were around me were getting into dysfunctional relationships. But all I could see was that everybody had somebody except for me. And so that led to just spiraling downward into this, this intense anxiety and anxiety of never finding somebody and then depression of feeling isolated and feeling just so alone in in my singleness and feeling like I never had support in that or having friends that were, you know, had a significant other, just got engaged, were married that were telling me, Oh, you'll find somebody. It's okay. It'll all work out for you. And I'm like, how do you know? Like it worked out for you. Like you're already living it, but how do you, you can't, you, you're not Jesus. Like you don't know. You can't tell me. Right. You can't tell me 
that's going to be like that for me. And so that's really what led to the start of the book, I would say. Mm. And when you wrote this book, did you write it with a specific person in mind? Who were you writing to? On a lot of people ask me that, and I would, I work, you know, I'm a licensed counselor. And so I work with, um, teenagers and, um, early, early twenties and thirties individuals. And this issue comes up a lot. And so as much as I would love to say, Oh, I wrote it for them. I, I really, when I was writing it, I had it with my past self in mind. Like what were the things, because I know we all know our own experiences better than anybody else. Cause we we're the only one that's lived through hundred percent of our, of our life. And because of that, I thought, okay, let me, instead of me trying to figure out what is it that I think somebody else would need to hear? It's what did I wish somebody had told me at these stages in my life? And what did I personally need? What was I lacking in those years of struggle that I wasn't getting? And so I wrote it with the foundation of if I could have helped myself along my own journey, then how would I have done that? And that's, that's how the whole book is set up. And what I'm noticing is that a lot of people are connecting in the similar way and are needing a lot of the same things that I needed. Yes. Yes. And I want to pause here to say, I love your book. I love how conversational it is. It's like, I'm talking with a sister over coffee about these issues that we're dealing with. And when you're talking to, to us as the reader, what are some of the messages that you actually did share that you learned along the way? If you were talking to your younger self, what were those lessons that you, you got out in your book? There's definitely a lot of different topics that we cover because I feel like there's so many things that go into, so many variables that go into us not feeling worthy. And so one of the big ones for me is I, you know, I grew up and I had hit a growth spurt in high school and I've been six feet tall, you know, since high school and very, very curvy. And so because of that, like I was not at all, I did not fit the mold of any of my peers. And so there was a lot of feelings like, okay, if the only thing I can see that's different between me and my peers, you know, that are in relationships are, well, I'm tall, I'm really curvy. They're really petite, tiny little, little women. So maybe, maybe guys don't want me because they don't want who I am. They don't want my type of woman. And so I talk a lot about body image and there's a conver a whole conversation on modesty and, um, you know, just ways to attract people in really genuine ways versus attracting fleeting attention um, by using our bodies to just grab that and then we lose it so quickly. So um, so that I would say that was one of the big lessons is just being able to fully embrace my identity um, that is rooted in Christ because he created me and he wanted me this way. And I had to really remind myself that I'm not, I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. Like, just like I'm not attracted to every, every man that I interact with, every man that I interact with isn't going to be attracted to me and that's okay. And realizing that if, if I feel like God is calling me to marriage and calling me to family, that he's calling me to the spouse that is going to love me for exactly the, the person that I am inwardly and outwardly. And so there was this whole journey of embracing the way that God created me and my uniqueness and that I have a lot of special gifts because of the way that my body is or the way that, you know, how tall I am and things like that, how I look on the out outside. 
So I would say that was like, that was one of the big lessons. Um, and then a, a couple other things we touch on are just the fact that so many people date out of desperation and loneliness. And so I teach how to really, um, find a good friend tribe and how to nurture that because nurturing it is so important. Like once you have those friends, you have to keep them. And I know a lot of people, they have friends until they get in relationships and they dump the friends and then the relationship ends and then they go back and try to pick back up. Like they didn't just, you know, skip out for months or years sometimes and act like everything's okay. And that's not, it's not healthy. So I teach kind of how to have that healthy balance. And we talk about finding our passions and living those out and not putting a pause on life. Um, just, you know, why we wait to have these life experiences. I'll, I'll wait and I'll travel when I have a spouse. Well, like, why? What, what, are, what opportunities are, are you not taking right now that you could be taking because you're waiting for that significant other? But if God says like, oh, you don't get that person until you're 50, well, that's 50 years of life that you did not live and you are not utilizing the life that God gave you if you're, if you're putting a pause on all those things. So we touch a lot in a lot of different areas. So that's, that's kind of a little snapshot of, of the, the middle chunk of the book. <laughs> Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. So I have a question. When you spoke of body image earlier, I was Mm -hmm. thinking about all the conflicting messages that are out there in the media today Mm -hmm. about body image. How do you Mm -hmm. think that plays a role in a woman's self-esteem today? Oh, I think it's huge. I think that, you know, we see, we're in this world of, of Instagram influencers, you know, and, and all of them are I don't say all of them, but so many of them are trying to, to fit inside this cookie cutter mold, you know, eyebrows on fleek, eyelash extensions, makeup, you know, contoured, all of that designer clothes, all of these things and, and trying to follow the trends of what's popular so they can be popular so they can up their following so they can, you know, get sponsored, all these things. And so that, from my experience, preaches this message to other individuals, not just women, because men struggle with this too. but you know, for it te- really teaches women and grains women that if you want to get noticed, you have to do all of these things. But not all of us are genuinely, you know, want to put on makeup and want to do hair and be the fashionista. Some some women want to, you know, grab their shotgun and go hunting and ride four wheelers and get down and dirty. You know, like it's just and so so embracing our individuality is so important. And I don't believe that social media encourages that. I think if anything, it encourages fitting inside one particular mold. And that can be so discouraging because, you know, like I said, I don't fit the, the body standard of today. I cannot wear, you know, 95% of the time I can't wear the clothes that are trending because they're not made for somebody that is maybe, maybe made for somebody my height, but not made for somebody with my curves. And, you know, so I'm trying, if I try to force myself to to be a modern day fashionista keeping up with high fashion clothes, it's not going to be cute. Like Nobody's going to want to see that. Like, I don't want to see that. Not all the right parts are going to be covered. So, you know, I think that, that definitely, you know, part of my healing was I cleaned up my Instagram. I stopped following certain accounts. If, if certain people that I didn't even know were, um, you know, eliciting all of this jealousy within me or envy, I just backed off. I'm like, I don't have a connection, a personal connection to this person. I don't need to follow them. I don't need to know what they're doing every minute of their day and they can go live their life. And if people want to, you know, kind of monkey see monkey do what they're doing, that's okay. 
but I don't have to. And so giving myself permission to back away from the intensity of the kind of the peer pressure that influence that social media has, has been huge. That's big. That's big. And I appreciate you saying this is not just a a female issue. Men struggle with these same things Mm -hmm. too. And so Mm -hmm. even with your book, even though I know uh, we're talking about women issues here from like a standpoint of us dating in the world, but this message Mm -hmm. can also be for men too, right? Oh, absolutely. I would say that the, I definitely wrote it with a woman's heart in mind. Um, You know, being a woman, that's, that's, the most experience, you know, I, I have. And, but I also had some of my guy friends read it and they're like, wow, like the principles that you line out in this book are so fantastic. Like, it's just, I use a lot of the same principles that I would use in my account, individual counseling sessions, which I counsel men and women. Um, so a lot of the, the strategies that are in this book are very gender neutral. Um, and they're very beneficial. So for anybody, um, definitely is geared, certain areas are geared more towards the female, um, you know, mind and, and attitude, but um, definitely beneficial to guys as well. Good, good, good. So right now, if there's someone out there who is listening and they're single and they're kind mm-hmm. of struggling with it, they're like, you know what? I'm kind of over being single. I mm-hmm. need to be in a relationship. And they find themselves being impatient and just struggling with loneliness. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them in this moment? First, get my book and read it. <laughs> yeah, do that. Do Step that one. check. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I say that because there's, there's, there's a system that is laid out in the book as far as, you know, okay, first look at your friends. We do a friend examination and there's a little friend quiz in there of how good are your friends? Are you around people that are supporting your core values and that want to see you in good things? Are you you know, if my core values are to be married and have kids and I've got friends that are encouraging me to, you know, go to bars and have one night stands, like that's not, that's counter counterproductive to my personal goals. And so, you know, I would say, okay, look at who your friends are. Are they supporting you? Are they encouraging you in your single life? Are they including you in things? Because I'm, at this point in my life, I'm almost 30. All my friends, majority of my friends are married and have kids. I get to be, you know, auntie to all of the, their babies. And, you know, I'm like a sister to, you know, them and their husbands, you know, they just, I've, I've been adopted into so many families that I, it's very, very hard for me to feel alone at this point in my life because my friend tribe is so strong. So I would say if you're struggling in your single life, embrace the fact that there are people living the way that you want to be living and, you know, and aspire to and go spend time with them spend time with them and see how they're living, see what their struggles are. Because honestly, that has helped me so much. I see my friends and, you know, having healthy fights with their spouses and, or their kids are bugging the crap out of them because they're, you know, it's just mom, 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 this and that and everything else. And I can go home from that and say, okay, so right now I can appreciate that I'm going home to my home. I'm by myself and I have quiet. I have control over my quiet. I have control over my space right now. And that's not going to be how life is forever. So I'm going to go ahead and appreciate that. So instead of being jealous, um, you know, or envious of what somebody else has, look and see, okay, every, every life has, lifestyle has a pro and con to it. So what are the benefits of your single life right now? How can you embrace that and live it out more fully for the time that you have it? Because a single life is a gift. 
And you got to embrace it. Like God is calling us to embrace our lives and be present in the moment of where we are right now. He's not calling us to live for our future self. So we've got to really take a step back, take a breath and ask God, how are you trying to use me in this phase of my life? And when I did that, he said, write this book. And so God calls us to big things. It's just a matter of, are we willing to step back and embrace where we are right now and accept the, the, the will that he's trying to give us and the blessings that he's trying to give us. Mm, I hope y'all were taking notes. That was good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so, and I, there's only so much time we have together, but I know people are going to want to get in, in contact with you, Clarissa. So mm -hmm. how can they reach you? How can they get a copy of this book? So the book is on Amazon. Um, that's the probably quickest, easiest way to be a part of the the worthy community is to go online on Amazon. Um, there is an invitation in the book to join my private online Facebook community as well. Um, so if you are meeting a sisterhood, if you are maybe you're in a, a more of a rural area and don't have as much contact with other individuals and more opportunities in bigger cities um, to connect with more people, um, that's just a really fun online community that I've created to help connect people in similar areas. So maybe we can, we can build some sisterhood bonds. Um, getting in touch with me, I'm on Instagram, Clarissa underscore Christensen, pretty easy to find. Um, I always answer my DMs too. So if you've got any questions about the book, you can hit me up there, igniteyourworth.com, contact info's on there as well. Nice, nice. I tell you, I've enjoyed Clarissa's book and I enjoy our friendship too. It's not often I have friends on the podcast and I'm, I'm glad, I'm proud, I'm thankful to say that Clarissa is a friend of mine and she's just an awesome woman of God. So you heard the information. I encourage you to get a copy of her book and share this podcast with someone else who you know might need to hear from, from us because this is an important topic. I know that if I had Clarissa's book earlier in life, I probably wouldn't have made some of the mistakes that I did in dating relationships, but it's okay. God's grace is sufficient, but we do want to help individuals to learn from other people's mistakes so they don't have to go down that same path. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We are here every Friday for you for Faith Fridays, where we try to encourage you along your journey so that you can grow in your relationship with God. So if you haven't already, please subscribe by visiting faithonthejourney.org. Again, that's faithonthejourney.org. And if you have a testimony to share, we want to hear from you. Let us know. We know that your story can help to encourage someone else. And that's what we're here for. So that's it for this week's episode. We thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week on the journey. Take care, everyone.